Blog Talk Radio. talking sports and having fun doing I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. You can send messages, messages to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. You can also hit us up on Twitter at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. And while you're there on Twitter, you can give us a follow at GoForItGant. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by New York Giants corner Walter Thurman. And we're going to talk to Walter about the upcoming NFL season. The Giants play Monday night against the Detroit Lions. And we're going to talk to Walter about the Giants had some struggles in this preseason. We'll see if he believes those struggles mean anything. Because sometimes those struggles in the preseason mean absolutely positively nothing. So we'll see how Walter feels about that. Also, Jerron Johnson, safety for the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle last night, started the NFL season. Can you believe it? The NFL season is back. But he started the season last night for the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seattle Seahawks beat, beat, beat down. They, I mean, they picked up where they left off, beat down the Green Bay Packers, 36-16, to 16, a dominating performance on both sides of the ball. We're going, to talk, we're going to talk to Jerron about that. So Jerron Johnson will be doing, joining us at 7.35 p.m. And also at 8.10, we're going to be joined by Walter Thurman. Let's look at what we saw last night. First of all, before we get to that, the NFL season is here. And we waited all summer long. We waited. When it ended in February, we couldn't wait till September 4th. We couldn't wait. Football is back each and every Sunday, Saturday to a college football. Each and every, well, even Thursday with professional football. But each and every Sunday from this point on to February, we have NFL football in our lives. Football is king in America. America loves the sport of football. <clears throat> There's no doubt about it. It's, it's not even close at this point in time. Some of you love football because of gambling. Some of you love football because of your fantasy team. <clears throat> and some of you, like myself, just love football. And I can't wait, man. And we got to start it last night, the Seattle Seahawks against the Green Bay Packers. And one thing, you look at that football game. Obviously, the Seattle Seahawks picked up where they left off. I mean, they beat up on Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl, and then they come back and beat up on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you're talking about a Green Bay Packer team, a big-time offense in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, one of the better, best quarterbacks in football. 
and they got beat down. This was an offense that was held to only 255 yards in total offense. That's not Green Bay Packer football, but that's a byproduct of the Seattle Seahawks and their defense and this football team. I mean, you saw pretty much what you saw all last season out of the Seattle Seahawks. You saw a team that dominated you on defense, and you saw a team that ran the ball down your throat on offense. Over 200 yards rushing for the Seahawks. Beast mode was in full effect last night. Two touchdowns, 110 yards on the ground. And and Marshawn Lynch, he looked like beast mode. He looked like a beast. He looked like he was going to run you over. But he also looked like he had a little extra extra giddy-up in his step. And that might be him. That might be him and, and, and... so that, that extra con, trying to get that contract, trying to get that new money. That might be Marshawn saying, you know what? I want to get paid. In order for me to get paid, I got to have a big-time season. And he had a big-time game last night. Yeah, it was just pretty much all, it's pretty much what you saw out of the Seahawks throughout the course of 2013. Russell Wilson scrambled around, moved around, didn't get hit. only different thing that you saw, because we saw Percy Harvin pretty much one time. And that was against, and that was in the end of the Super Bowl. And, well, I mean, and we all know what kind of Super Bowl he had. We all know what he did in the Super Bowl. But you look at it, Percy Harvin, 100%, he was targeted seven times, and he caught all seven of those targets. So he was touching the ball in many different ways last night for the Seahawks. And this was the Percy Harvin that, the Seahawks signed on for. They signed on for this Percy Harvin. That guy, that's one of the reasons they gave him that big-time money for what he did, not only in the Super Bowl, and, and he did a lot in the Super Bowl, but also what he can do for this offense going into the season. I mean, seven catches, 59 yards, and then on the ground, four carries, 41 yards. So 100 yards of total offense for Percy Harvin. And, oh, by the way, he just hit you in every different way. He hit you in every different way, and he also did kickoff returns. So he did it all last night for the Seahawks. But this was typical Seattle Seahawks football. Hit you in the mouth. Hit you in the mouth on the defensive side of the ball. Holding Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense down. Holding the Packers to only 255 Yards of total offense, sacking him three three times, causing a fumble, getting an interception. I mean, this is that was a dominating performance. And you know, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. I thought the Saints. I think the Saints are going to get out of the NFC. But you know, I, I see that performance tonight. Last night, I should say. And I see. It, I mean, I just see a carbon copy of what made the Seattle Seahawks a big-time championship football team. The defense was on point. The defense was on point. The running game was on point, And Russell Wilson was on point. And there's one thing about Russell Wilson I love. You know, he is not probably not as explosive as an RG3, as a Michael Vick. But he gets down. I mean, he, he gets his yardage, and he gets out of harm's way. He gets his yardage and he doesn't take the big hit. That's a skill. 
That's a skill. And, and he's perfected that skill in his young career. He's found, uh, found a way to, to make plays with his legs, but also found a way in the process to stay healthy. So, I mean, this guy, a great performance. I mean, the numbers are not eye-popping, but they don't have to be. They're proficient, 19 for 28, 191 yards, two touchdowns. Doesn't hurt his team, 110 QB rating. So that, that's getting it done. That's proficient. That's not hurting your team. And he made the plays necessary. He, ma- he made the plays that he needed to make in order for this Seahawks team to be successful. Again, he's not as fast as Vic or RG3, but he finds ways. He finds ways. And, and I think under six-foot quarterbacks need to look at Russell Wilson. I mean, this guy has not missed a game, has not missed a game in his career. And he's had 94 attempts in year one and 96 in year two, and he has not missed a game, has not. And so you look at that, and you see a guy – I mean, I'm, I'm watching RG3 in the preseason, and I'm looking at him taking unnecessary hits. And I'm saying to myself, Robert, get down. Robert, get out of bounds. Robert, what are you doing? And I see Russell Wilson, and I see him just gliding down the field. You know what? Oh, I had enough. Let me get out of bounds. Oh, I had enough. Let me slide. And, and that's what you've seen out of Russell Wilson in his short career, the ability to get out of harm's way, the ability, I mean, the ability to slide out of harm's way. I mean, that's what he's done. He's kept himself out of harm's way and, and, and kept himself from getting hurt. And he runs the ball, but he's smart. He's smart. Young quarterbacks. Look at Russell Wilson. Young scrambling quarterbacks. Look at him and look what he does to keep himself out of harm's way and, and model it, emulate it, learn it, figure it out. Do what you got to do to learn what this guy does and, and, and see why he's so effective and, and see why he's able to move around and not take the big hit. Look at that. Learn from it. As we go throughout the course of the show, we're going to definitely talk about Michael Sam signing with the Cowboys on the Cowboys practice squad. Alex Smith and his new deal. Is he really worth it? Also, and not only is he really worth it, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but there's another quarterback who should be kicking himself right now looking at that deal. Should be kicking himself, punching himself. We'll talk about that. And we're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about the National Football League. We're going to talk about what's going to happen during this season. Who is going to win it all? Who is going to be in the Super Bowl? Who? What teams? Who? What teams 
will take a step back? What teams will take a step forward? We'll look at it all, man. We're going to look at it all tonight. This should be, I mean, this is the NFL. This should be fun. I can't wait, man. The the, the season, I mean, you know what? Yes, Thursday night is good, but the NFL doesn't get started until Sunday at 1, where you have a bevy of football games, a bevy of football games to watch. You know, that's when it really starts. If you have Red, Red Zone TV, I mean, you, you talk about that's, that's paradise. When you're watching Red Zone, that, that's paradise, man. I mean, that's, that's an ADHD dream. I mean, that's a person with ADHD's dream. You don't have to you, – you, once, once they get into the red zone, the money zone, that's when they turn to the game. So that's – if you got ADHD, if you can't sit still, if, if your mind wanders, well, guess what? You, can't, you forget all the potatoes, forget all the sides. You're getting the meat. You're getting red zone. Before we get to the end, and that's going to be exciting. Damar Smith, head of the Player Association, and the NFL, they're looking right now to, to have a new policy for performance-enhancing drugs and also lessen the, lessen the penalty for recreational drugs. I mean, I mean you have Wes Welker and, and, and possibly him taking a Molly ecstasy. You have Josh Gordon. Well, and, and Wes Welker, he's going to be out four weeks. He's out for four weeks. And, you know, it, it's stunning. It was stunning when you heard Wes Welker and possible, you know, ecstasy, the pop of the molly. You know, that's, that's stunning. And Wes is saying that maybe, you know, someone may have uh, uh, snuck it in his drink at the Kentucky Derby or uh, so on and so forth. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I mean, if, if I had a dollar. For every time you heard that kind of story, a dollar, I'd be rich. I'd be absolutely rich. So maybe Wes Welker is telling the truth. Maybe he's not. But if I had a dollar for every player that said, I didn't do it, or I didn't know it was illegal, or I, didn't, I, I just took a, uh, something over the counter, if I had a dollar for every player who says that, I be rich. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. In terms of the NFL's policies on, on recreational drugs like marijuana, ecstasy, and things of that nature, the thing about it is our society, especially when it comes to marijuana, our laws are a little far behind in terms of that as well. Our laws are a little bit uh, uh, behind in terms of that. So the NFL is no different than what we see in our society, what we see in our laws, it's no different. Obviously, drugs needs to be, I'm not saying fully decriminalized, but you've you got to think about the sentencing that some of these people are getting. You, you know, when you look at marijuana, you know, a lot of people, it's because, you know, there's a big push to legalize it. You know, there, the benefits of it medicinally. Also, I mean, if, if you saw that real sports piece, the benefits of it, for players in terms of pain and getting over pain. It's, it's safer than popping those pills, popping those pain pills. It's safer than that. The Percocets, the Tordal shots. I mean, that, it's safer 
in those things. So we need, as a society, to look at how we view marijuana. And, and, and I think the NFL, obviously, I mean, there's no reason that Josh Gordon should be suspended for a full season. No reason. Now, I, I know this, and here's the reality of the situation. If your job says you can't smoke weed, then you can't smoke weed. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. If they say you can't do it, then you can't do it and you shouldn't be doing it. I mean, that's kind of the bottom line. And obviously in Josh Gordon's situation, I mean, the A sample was over the threshold, the B sample was not. So, you know, you, you question that. And, you know, he said it was, uh, you know, secondhand smoke and things of that nature, but that doesn't get ever overturned at all. But they're looking at it now. Now, the NFL, the NFL, and let's get uh, DeMar Smith's quote. Quote, we don't want players to suffer because the union and the league couldn't get it done before the league gear. He told that to 106.7, the fan uh, in Washington. And, and he also went on to say this. Well, not even that, but in reading this article, the NFL is seeking to be able to punish players after an arrest and before the legal process plays out, I have a problem with that. Because the reality of the situation is, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Our country was built on innocence until proven guilty. And I know it doesn't look good for the game and look good for the league when certain players are getting suspended. It doesn't look good when Ray McDonald is arrested for domestic abuse. That doesn't look good. But we don't know the true story. We don't know the full story. An arrest doesn't equal a conviction. An arrest doesn't equal guilt. So we don't know the true and full story. We don't know. But the, 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 I'm looking at this, and, you know, if, if this policy goes through, maybe, maybe Josh Gordon might come back. Maybe Josh Gordon will get another chance. And I hope he does. I know right now he's trying to sell some cars. <laughs> and, hey, you got to do what you got to do. You got to eat. You got to eat. You got to do something. I mean, I don't mind. It's the devil's playground. So you're sitting around doing something, nothing. You, you, you mess up around, mess around and get yourself in more trouble doing something stupid. So Josh Gordon needs to do something with his time. He needs to do something. Because if, you don't do, if you're not doing anything, if you're not going to work every day as an NFL player or anything else for that matter, if you're not going to work, guess what? You've got a lot of time on your hands. And guess what? With all that time on your hands, you're bound to do a little something that you're probably not supposed to be doing. So you've got to be careful with your time. So I don't blame a guy like Josh Court for, you know, for him, for, I, don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. But I, I think, I think he should be reinstated, especially if this policy goes through. If they agree to a new policy, and the policy views how Josh Gordon should be punished, I think it should be done. Now you could argue the other side. Well, with the new policy, maybe Ray Rice's suspension. Ray Rice's.
Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything when the playoffs come. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all. That's not Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> okay. Hey, what up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. You got it, brother. Have a go, man. Big-time performance by the Seahawks last night. I mean, they, they played some big-time football. They got it done last night. And you look at that Seahawks team. There's just something about that team at home. They're a totally different animal. And they get it done. We're going to bring in a guy who was a part of that. Let's bring him in now. Safety for the Seattle Seahawks, Jerron Johnson. How are you doing, man? What's going on? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Let's get right down to it. They unveiled the banner last night. What was going through your head when you saw that? You know what? I, I haven't even seen the banner. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. Um, i seen it. Uh, i seen a video of it today. I didn't even see it at the stadium yesterday. Okay. Okay, so you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed it. I didn't even see it. I didn't even know they did it until i seen the video today. Okay, all right. Well, let me ask you this. Where's the ring? You, you got the ring hanging around somewhere? Oh, the ring is put up safe, and, you know. I only wore it once since we got it, uh, and I was on the 4th of July, so my family and everyone could see it. Okay. Let me ask you this now. Your, your Seahawks defense, they picked up where they left off last night, holding the Packers to 255 total yards. That's the Green Bay Packers, and you guys – pretty much shut them down. Talk about the defensive performance last night. Um, you know, everyone just executed uh, their, their assignment, you know, and, every, you know, we were flying around as we normally do. And, like, everybody just, you know, did what they needed to do as an as a, as a individual, you know, won the individual matchups and just do your job, and that's how we play. We play technically sound football. And definitely you guys did the job last night and had a tremendous performance let me ask you this. I look at Richard Sherman, and Richard Sherman was not targeted at all last night. He basically had the night off. Do you expect to see that a lot, a lot this season? 
I wouldn't say he has a night off. He still has to do his <laughs> job and, you know, make sure that he's in the position so they can't throw it at him. You know, and we, we looked over some films today, and he was locked in the entire game. So, you know, he's not falling asleep out there. He's locked in, and he's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And if they do try him or when they do try him, uh, he, he's going to be ready. So he's not over there just twiddling his thumbs or whatever. He, he's actually he's ready to go. Let me ask you this. I mean, what does that do for defense when essentially the quarterback doesn't throw to one side of the field? How does that benefit the defense? Um, I mean, we, we we don't even look at it that way. You know, everybody okay. has their role and everybody has their assignment. Everybody just tries to go out and, and, and do their assignment and do their job. It's not, you know, uh, we haven't we haven't even looked at it that way at all. So he does what he needs to do as well as the uh, other 10 players on the field. We're talking to Seahawks safety, Jerron Johnson. And last night, Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, was in full effect last night, 110 yards, two touchdowns. I look at Marshawn, and he looks a little quicker to me. Talk about what you saw from Marshawn Lynch last night. Uh, I've seen the same thing I've been seeing from Marshawn Lynch since I got here in 2011. You know, he's going to run the ball physically, and you can rely on him. You know, he's a, he's a tough back, and he, he's he's a good back, and we definitely need him and glad he's here. For sure. We're talking to Seahawks safety, Jerron Johnson. I look at the Seahawks, the last 20 regular season games, you guys are 18-2 and two at home. What is it about the Seahawks and winning at home? What is it about you guys and playing at home? Oh, the, the, the fans, you know, the 12th man, uh, they get a lot of the credit. You know, they they bring energy. They bring the energy and, and make it easier on us. You know, you you make a, a, a play and they go crazy and you just feed off that energy and you know, you just it's 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 great, man. That it's it's all on the you know uh, they they they're pretty good on the road as well. They travel well, so we definitely appreciate them. Now, for for those who have not watched the game in Seattle, what what is it about those fans? What makes those fans so effective? I mean, you you watch the Seahawks and you see a lot of penalties. You see a lot of offsides penalties. You you see the quarterback looking like he can't hear. What what is it about that twelfth man? Excuse me, excuse me. Um, they're competing. You know, they're out there competing with us. They, they, okay. you, they try, they're trying to get the. They, they take pride in trying to get false starts and delayed games or whatnot. You know, they take pride in it. They're, they're out there trying to compete. You know, they have the record right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if they broke that record this year. For sure, we're talking to Seahawks safety Jerron Johnson. If you guys continue to play like you played last night. That record probably will be broken. I mean, you guys are dominating performance. Now, look at last night. I mean, you, you, like I said, you picked up where you left off. You know, you dominated Aaron Rodgers in that defense. You ran the ball with Marshawn Lynch. You had Russell Wilson, doesn't make mistakes, scrambles around, doesn't get hurt, doesn't get hit, makes the big plays for your ball club. Do you still see you guys? And I, and I look at this team. The defense is still solid. The offense is still there. Do you still see you guys as the team to beat coming into the season as we go throughout the season? Um, we just we treat it every game like a championship game, regardless of who we're playing. You know, a high school team coming in and trying to play, we're gonna uh, <laughs> we're gonna treat we're gonna treat it like a championship game. So, I mean, anybody can be beat any week, any given Sunday. So, I mean, 
it's you just got to bring your A game every week, and that's what we do. Now, let me ask you this. Obviously, it's very hard to win a Super Bowl, but it's even harder to repeat. With that being said, what was your guys' mindset coming into the season? Was, was it different than last season? Because you know that teams are coming at you. Teams are going to give you their best effort. Well, really, you know, our mindset is last year is last year. We're, we're in 2014 now, and this is a new season, so. We we can't rely on what we did last year to get us, you know, to where we want to go this year. It's a new team, new year, and new expectations and new goals. So we just got to continue to grow week uh, week to week. Now, you, you have a great opportunity, man. You're playing behind some great safeties, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas. You have an opportunity to learn from two of the best in the National Football League. How much have those guys helped you as a player? Oh, man, Cam, uh, especially Cam, you know, uh, Cam himself, I, I you know I try to pick his brain as much as I can, you know, because I, I I feel better at the strong safety position, but I'm I'm available, I'm able to play both. So I pick, I try to pick Cam's brain as much as I can, and you know I, I Earl as well. So they've both been tremendous for me, and it's, it's I've been able to get some good experience just being behind him and watching him play. For sure, and and throughout your career, primarily you've been on special teams, and ultimately. You know, you you did you made your mark on special teams. As you go into the mm-hmm. season, what are some of your personal goals? We know as a team you guys want to win the Super Bowl again. But your personal goals, what are your personal goals going into this season? I just want to be the best me that I can be. You know, okay. that's, that's it. That's uh, contribute in any way I can to the team and just be the best me I can be. For sure. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, definitely. And I – I look at this team, the Seahawks team, Richard Sherman, a fifth-round pick. You know, Russell Wilson, a third-round pick. Super Bowl MVP, Malcolm Smith, a seventh-round pick. Bobby Wagner, sixth-round pick. You, undrafted. And, and I look at your Bobby, this team. Bobby and, Wagner was a second-rounder, bro. <laughs> second-rounder, I'm sorry. I, I look at this team. I look at this team. And, and I look at this team, and you guys seem to have that chip on your shoulder because a lot of you guys are late-round picks. Is that is that the case with you guys? Yeah, I mean definitely. It's 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 a man's game, and I mean if you feel like you've been disrespected, this is how you show you know that you deserve respect. You know, it's coming out and you know doing what it is you need to do, dominating whoever you play, dominating your matchup, and just being a dominant football player. For sure, and and you guys, I mean, you can just tell by the way you guys play. You just see that chip. You just see that you guys want to prove some things out there and prove that you belong in the National Football League. You know, I I look at you guys last season. Obviously, defense was your calling card. You guys, big-time defensive season last year. And as you look at the numbers, your, your defense stacks up against teams like the 85 Bears, teams like the 2000 Ravens. How do you think... Your defense stacks up against those all-time great defenses. Uh, I, I strongly feel that we we uh, we had a pretty good defense. We have a pretty good defense, and I mean, um, when it's all said and done, we'll see. You know, it, <laughs> we'll see what the. It was, I mean, I guess that's what the uh, the experts are. That's what they're uh, to say. But I feel like we have one of the best defenses in the league, and I mean, week in and week out, we're going to go out and try to prove it every week. And what about the illegal contact rule? I mean, we, we saw in the preseason, 
officials calling it more often than they did a year ago. You didn't see it a lot last night, but during the preseason, you saw it a lot. How have you adjusted to that? It's all technique, man. That's what it comes down to. Your technique, you have proper technique and correct technique. You won't have to grab or hold or, or illegal contact. So, Coach Rashad is doing a good job with us, and, and Coach uh, Manuel, Coach Marquan, uh they've done a good job with this and teaching us different, uh, teaching us our technique and staying true to our technique. That's all it is. We're talking to Seahawks safety, Jerron Johnson. Well, is it frustrating? Was it frustrating? You know, especially in the preseason, all those flags. Uh, honestly, we didn't get too many of those. Right. As a, as a team, we didn't have too many. So, I mean, we're still playing our same football. Uh, staying true to our technique and being physical, that's what we do. So, the rule was made for us, but, I mean, we're going to continue to, or that's what they say, I guess. They're gonna, we're going to continue <laughs> to play our type of ball. Let's go off the field now. I hear you got a clothing line coming out there. Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have some merchandise coming soon for uh, for some uh, just to support you know support myself and you know the Seahawks as well. Um, we're gonna have that coming soon. It'll be on my Facebook page and also my Twitter as well and also my Instagram. So uh, yeah, it, we'll we'll be having some stuff coming soon. Now, is that something you're looking to get into after your career? More, you know, obviously you're playing football right now, but when you get done, is that something you want to focus on a little more, the clothing line? Um, I don't know. It depends on how it, how it goes. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, 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 we'll see how it goes. Uh, definitely in the fashion and, and, and uh, clothing and shoes and, you know, whatnot. So I, um, we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. How is, your, how is your shoe collection? You got a big-time shoe collection? Uh, yeah, I have quite a few. Um, <laughs> I had some some friends up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, his daughter counted my shoes. She said I had about two hundred pair. Wow, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Are you are you you got three hundred and sixty five days in a year? Are, are you switching out? <laughs> are you able to wear all two hundred in one year? <laughs> Not even close to wearing two hundred a year. <laughs> Not even close. I, I mean, I, I joke with my mom a lot, blame her for it, you know, because she, she has a big shoe, like, purse fetish. Or, or okay. I don't know if it's a fetish, but, you know, she likes to, <laughs> she likes to buy purses and shoes. And myself, I like I like shoes and hats. So, <laughs> huh? so yeah, we, uh, stop. So, yeah, we, uh, yeah, I think she rubbed off on me a bit growing up. Okay. All right. All right. So you got a serious shoe game. Two hundred pairs of shoes. I mean, I, I I want you to wear all two hundred in one year. Make that oh, a goal man, for you. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> you forget about some of them sometimes, man. It's tough. Okay. <laughs> I, let me ask you what we're thinking about. Do you are there are there times where you like okay, by the time you are about to wear them, that particular shoe could be outdated. Has that happened? Nah, I mean with Jordans, okay. they all they do is recycle. You know, that's pretty much a lot of Jordans and whatnot. So you know, they'll, they'll come out with them, uh, come out with them now, and then come back out with them again two two years later. I just won't have to buy them again. <laughs> that's that's true. That's a great point. Fans, make sure you support all these great things going on with Jerron Johnson. Hit him on his website, JessJeron.com. Hit him up on Twitter at Jess underscore Showoff. 
Hit him up on Instagram at Jeff underscore show off and also hit him up on Facebook at Jerron Johnson NFL and support all the great things going on with Jerron Johnson and that uh, Twitter and Instagram handle that's J-U-S underscore show off so support all the great things going on with Jerron Johnson. Jerron pleasure talking to you man wish you nothing but the best of luck during this season let's do this again yes sir thanks for having me man take care all right Jerron Johnson, safety for the Seattle Seahawks. He corrected me. I have Bobby Wagner, yes, is a second rounder. He definitely is a second rounder. Thank you for the correction. I needed it. But, I mean, you know, this Seahawks team, as I said, if this team, if they continue to do what they did last night, if Marshawn Lynch is in beast mode, if – Russell Wilson is staying healthy and not making mistakes. And if that defense continues to play like they played last night and play like they played last season, this team is going to be tough to beat, flat out, point blank. They're going to be tough to beat. And here's the thing. I tweeted this out last night. The thing about the Saints, the thing about the Seahawks, these teams – at home, they're something special, and they're tough to beat. A little vulnerable on the road, but at home, they're tough to beat. So I look at those two teams. If the Saints get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, guess what? They're probably going to the Super Bowl. If the Seahawks get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, guess what? They're probably going to the Super Bowl as well. So I look at these two teams, and in the NFC, if you're a Philadelphia, who many believe can make some noise, if you're Green Bay, we saw what they did last night in Seattle. If you're New Orleans, we saw what they did last year in Seattle. If you're, you know, Chicago, if you're San Francisco, if you're any of those teams, and San Francisco has been blown out numerous times in Seattle. If you're those teams, you got to hope that you can stop the Seahawks from getting home field advantage because they're going to be difficult to beat. They're going to be hard to beat, hard to beat. So you got to hope, you got to pray that the Seahawks don't get home field advantage because if they do, going to be trouble, 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 big time trouble. Because that team, that Seahawks team, is an amazing football team at home. A little vulnerable on the road, but at home, they are an amazing football team. An amazing, amazing football team. So be mindful of that. We all know it. Be mindful of it, though. If that team gets home field advantage, it's going to be a problem. And let me get down now and start looking around the National Football League as we start the season. The season started, but, you know, it really gets started hot and heavy on Sunday. Let's look around, and let's start in the AFC. I look at the AFC West now, and I look at the teams, the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the San Diego Chargers. Three teams made it to the playoffs last season out of this division. Three teams, Chargers, Chiefs, 
Broncos. And I think, first of all, the Broncos are going to win that division. I think Peyton Manning is still going to have another stellar season. And they made some upgrades upgrades on that defense. DeMarcus Ware, T.J. Ward, they made upgrades on that defense. So that defense should be better. They should be better coming into this season. Von Miller is back. They should be better defensively. And you know what you're going to get from Peyton Manning in that offense. So I like Denver to win that division. Kansas City, Alex Smith, he gets a new deal, $30 million in guarantees. And isn't it ironic? Colin Kaepernick gets $13 million in guarantees on his contract. Alex Smith gets $30 million of guarantees in his contract. And the funny thing is, Colin Kaepernick was the one who replaced Alex Smith in San Francisco. It's amazing. Funny how life works sometimes. But anyway, I think the Broncos win that division. I think the Chiefs are second. No, actually, I believe the Chargers will be second. I think the Chiefs will take a step back next season. I'm not sold on Alex Smith. I've never been an Alex Smith guy. I understand what he did. I understand it. I understand exactly what he did two years ago. Last, well, last year, how he turned a team that was 2-14 and 14 around and got them to the playoffs. I understand that. I get that. I get that. But also, I also get that this is a team now, they're going to play the NFC West. San Francisco is going to be tough. Seattle is going to be tough. And the Rams, even without Sam Bradford, is still going to be a tough football team. And the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be a playoff team, but they're a team that has a decent defense. So I think the Cardinals, especially in Arizona, I think the Cardinals are going to be tough. So I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and I believe this is a team that takes a step back. They're not making the playoffs in 2014. They're not doing it. As far as I'm concerned, they're not making the playoffs in 2014. I think the Chargers do. I think the Chargers build on what they did last season, build on that. Phillip Rivers, Rivers was stellar last season, had a big-time year for the Chargers. And I think the Chargers build on that. I think they build on that. I like what they are on the offensive side of the ball with Keenan Allen and their running game. I like that for San Diego. I think the Chargers are a team that's going to be tough to beat. I think the Chargers, you know, offensively, especially if they can stay healthy, especially if Philip Rivers can duplicate what he did a year ago, they're going to be tough. Obviously, the questions, I think, with the Chargers on the defensive side of football, they had some struggles last year on the defensive side of football. They did. They had some struggles there. So I think that's going to be the key for the San Diego Chargers. But I like the Chargers. I like the Chargers to win, or not, not win, but I like the Chargers – to get second place and also get a wild card spot in the AFC. I like the Chargers to get a wild card spot. I really do. I think they get a wild card spot. I really do. And, you know, they, they, they hate they got to improve that defense. Phillip Rivers was big time last year, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He had a big time year. I think Phillip Rivers duplicates that big time year. And I also think the defense improves a little bit. They did uh, draft Jason Barrett in that uh, first round, so hopefully he'll upgrade the secondary that they had issues with. I think the Chargers get second place in that AFC South, AFC West, excuse me, and I think the Chargers get a wild card spot. Which one? I'll let you know. But I like the Chargers to get the wild card spot. I like the Broncos to win the division. 
Broncos win the AFC West. Chargers come in second. Chiefs in third. Oakland in last place. AFC South. Indianapolis obviously is the class of that division, and I think they're going to be the they were the class last year, and I think they're going to be the class of the division this year. I mean, uh, Jacksonville they're going to struggle. Houston is going to struggle. Only team I see that could give the, the Colts trouble in that division is the Tennessee Titans, and that's incumbent upon them getting solid quarterback play from uh, Jake Locker. That's incumbent upon them getting that solid quarterback play from Jake Locker and incumbent upon him staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, and, you know, when he was healthy, Titans were a decent football team when he was healthy. They were a decent football team when he was healthy. So the key is, the key is Jake Locker staying healthy. That's important. Jake Locker has to stay healthy. He has to stay healthy. And if he can do it, the Titans are an interesting football team. The Titans will be an interesting football team. But I think at the end of the day, that division is about the the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck. They're the best team in that division. Andrew Luck, you wonder now, I mean, you know, he threw some picks there in the playoffs. He's got to improve on that. He's got to get better. But I think it's now next level thinking when you talk about the Indianapolis Colts. You know, Andrew Luck's third season. He's got to rebound. Well, not necessarily rebound. He's just got to do better in the playoffs. He's got to do better in the playoffs. He's got to protect the football in the playoffs. He's got to do a better job of that. But I think it's time for the Colts. And being that they are in a weak division, it helps. But it's time for the Colts to take that next step. It's time for the Colts to to maybe get to the championship game. We'll see if they do it. I'll let you know if they do it. But it's time for them to make a step, take a step forward. And one thing, you know, not only are they playing in a bad division, but they also are playing the NFC East. And the NFC East may be down this season. So the Colts benefit big time. They benefit mightily from that. So being in the AFC South helps. And also, also, playing the NFC East, that helps. So the Colts can really have a decent record this season. I mean, they really could, could, could do some things. Colts can win 12 games this year. Easily could win 12 games this year. Easily went 12 with their schedule. I mean, you know, you got Cleveland on their schedule. I mean, AFC North, I think, might be a little down. You got Pittsburgh on their schedule. You know, you got Cleveland on their schedule. You got Houston twice, Jacksonville twice, Washington, Dallas, Philadelphia. Got Tennessee twice. Tennessee's going to be tough, but I don't know how good Tennessee's going to be. It's gonna to be tough, but how good is Tennessee really gonna be? They could go. They're like, you don't know where they could go. But I think Tennessee, you know, I think they're gonna be an interesting football team. The question is, is Jake Locker their quarterback of the future? Is he that guy? And if he is, can he stay healthy? Well, we shall see. But the Colts will win 
the AFC, AFC South. The Colts will win the AFC South. No doubt. No doubt. There's, I would be shocked if anything different happened. Second hour of Go For it starts right now. Go for it. Starting right now, in this hour, we're expected to be joined by Giants corner Walter Thurman. We're going to get his thoughts on the the upcoming season as the Giants visit the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football. We're going to get his take on what he expects out of the Giants, what he expects out of this season, and also going up against Calvin Johnson. And what may happen there? So Walter Thurman will be joining us in this hour. Let's go right back now. I had the AFC South. Indianapolis wins that division easily. I might add. Only team I, I see that could give them an issue is Tennessee. But how good are the Tennessee Titans? And I think that's a big time question mark. We go to the AFC North. That division to me is about Cincinnati. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is going to have a drop-off. Cleveland's not going to be good. And I don't know how good Baltimore is going to be this season. But I like Cincinnati. I think they're the most complete team in the division defensively, offensively. They are the most complete team in that division. They are the most complete team in that division. So I believe that they're going to win this division. Uh, Joe Flacco, obviously he has to rebound. If, If the Ravens have any chance of of winning and being successful in 2014, Joe Flacco must be better. Must be better. And and I don't know if he is. I don't know if he is. And also defensively, you know, that wasn't the same Ravens defense that we knew and loved over the years. And even the year before that, it really wasn't the Ravens defense that we knew and loved over the years. But as we look at it, as we look at it, um, <clears throat> Baltimore to me is going to Baltimore to me is going to struggle, and Cincinnati is the best team in that division. Uh, and so I look at Cincinnati getting number one, Baltimore. I think Baltimore will get two, Pittsburgh three, Cleveland will be number four. We probably will see Johnny Manziel this season. I don't know how much that's going to mean, but we're probably going to see him, and at least you'll be excited if you're a Browns fan for a few games. It might happen after week four. I look at the AFC East. <clears throat> To me, that's about the New England Patriots. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, to me, are the best team in that division. Miami, interesting. Uh, I mean, they're, they're an interesting football team, but I think the Patriots are the best, head and shoulders the best in that division. The Jets interest me as well. And, and I look at the Jets last season, defensively, they play well. They were a solid defensive team a year ago. They really were. And they got it done on the defensive side of the ball a year ago. But I wonder... And the thing with the Jets was, you know, their offense. Geno Smith, I mean, had a decent preseason. A lot of people are talking about the training camp that he's had. And they were impressed by the training camp that he's had. So you wonder now, is Geno ready to take that next step? And if he doesn't, Michael Vick is right there waiting. 
So I, I look at this Jets team, they, they intrigue me. Aaron Decker, we'll see what he can do. Um, Chris Johnson, obviously that's an upgrade. We'll see what he can do. He has some things to prove. The thing about the Jets, it comes down to the quarterback play. And you're going to hear that a lot, but it comes down to quarterback play. And if Geno Smith is the guy, it's time for him to step up because defensively, they're solid. They're solid on the defensive side of football. They really are. And this is a solid defensive team. And we'll see if this solid defensive team now can get a little help from that offense. They do. If they get a little help from the offense, they're going to be formidable. They're going to be tough to beat. So with that being said, with that being said, I look at the New York Jets, and I believe, I believe that the New York Jets will get a wild card spot. I believe the Jets will get a wild card spot. I believe the Chargers will get the first wild card spot. I believe the New York Jets will get the second wild card spot. So the Chargers get the first, the Jets get the second. I believe that's what's going to happen. That should be interesting. But I believe, I believe in the Jets. In a lot of ways, Rex Ryan and the Jets, especially if he wants to keep his job, Rex Ryan must have a winning season. He must have a winning season. He's not John Hitzik's guy. He's not. So he must have a winning season. And I believe that he will have a winning season. And I believe the New York Jets are going to get the second wild card spot. So let's recap. And looking at the AFC, I think the, uh, looking at the AFC, New England wins the East. Cincinnati wins the North. Tennessee, I mean, excuse me, Indianapolis wins the South. Denver wins the West. They win the West again. Peyton Manning and the Broncos win the West again. In terms of number one seed, Denver Broncos get the number one. I mean, excuse me, New England Patriots get the number one seed this time around. Denver gets number two. It's going to come down to them in Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis, being in that division, may benefit them. Being in that division and playing the NFC East, that's going to be, a, that's going to be very beneficial for Indianapolis. But again, but again, New England gets number one, Denver gets number two, Indy gets three, Cincy gets number four. But don't be surprised if Indy gets number two. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised because it could happen. Don't be shocked or surprised if Indy gets number two. But Denver number one, excuse me, New England number one, Denver two, Indy three, Cincinnati four, the two wild cards, the Chargers, and the New York Jets. That's how the AFC plays out. Those are the six teams that will make the playoffs in the AFC. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I, at, coming out of the AFC, I like the New England Patriots. I really do. I, I, I like what I've seen out of this team defensively, obviously upgrading that corner situation with Darrell Revis. Akeem Tlaib was good, but Darrell Revis is better. I mean, you're talking now the best corner in the game. You're talking best corner in the game in Darrell Revis. So I think it's an upgrade. Definitely think it's an upgrade over Akeem Tlaib. Um, you know, Brandon Browner, he could be back. He's going to be back at some point. 
And we saw Brandon Browner in Seattle. He was solid. He's a good corner. So getting him opposite uh, Darrell Revis is definitely going to help. Chandler Jones has been big. You know, Ron uh, Gronk, he's got to stay healthy. And, you know, obviously if he stays healthy, you know, that's going to make them formidable on the offensive side of the ball. But you still have Tom Brady. You still have probably the best quarterback in football in Tom Brady, even at the age of 37. And you can say Peyton Manning all you want. I'm taking Tom Brady. But I think New England, they're going to get that home field. And I think in the AFC Championship game, I think we might see a rematch of what we saw Broncos and Patriots, but this time around. It's going to be in New England, and this time around, it's going to be a different story. Peyton Manning fails again. And it wouldn't be a fail because, again, it it will be in New England, so it won't be as bad. But the Broncos won't win a Super Bowl, and Peyton Manning will will not. Let me repeat, Peyton Manning will not win another Super Bowl. He won't. And it's not happening this season. And if you've listened to this show and followed this show, you know that I said the Broncos' year was two years ago, the year the Ravens won. That was their year because they were a better team defensively. They made some upgrades. We'll see if those upgrades help going into 2014. Obviously, they're going to score points. Now the question is, can they stop people? Can they stop people? A little better than they did a year ago. And we'll see what happens with that. But, again, it's going to be the Patriots and Broncos in the championship game. New England wins the championship game, and New England gets to the Super Bowl. Who would they, Who will they face? Who will the New England Patriots face? Good question. Let me answer it for you. Let me answer that question for you. It's simple. Well, it's not simple, because after what I saw out of Seattle last night, I have some doubts. I have some doubts. I have some doubts about my pick. And, you know, I've been through this before. I've I've experienced this before. I experienced this before. But especially if you – obviously I made my pick before the season, so obviously you go off what you think is going to happen. You make a prediction. And obviously the predictions that you make, they may not come true. But I look at the NFC. I want to start out west. Seattle, still probably the best team in that division. San Francisco, I know a lot of gloom and doom with the 49ers. Alden Smith's going to be out for a period of time. I know all that. I get all that. I get all that when it comes to the 49ers. I get all the questions. Dante Wittner going. I get all that when it comes to the 49ers. I really do. But... They have a good coach. They still have a solid quarterback in Colin Kaepernick, very good quarterback in Colin Kaepernick. They still have weapons on the offensive side of the ball. 49ers are still going to be a formidable football team. They really are. And I know the injuries are the injuries. Navarro Bowman may be back midseason. I know the injuries are the injuries. I know the suspensions are the suspensions. I know what we saw. I know what we saw. But at the same time, 
at the same time, the 49ers still are going to be there. They won't win the division. They won't win the division. But they still will get that wild card spot. If they were in any other division in, in football, maybe even in the NFC, not saying football, if they were in any other division in football, they would probably win it. Maybe not New England. Not, probably not the South. And let me, let me probably not the NFC South or the AFCs. But in any other division, they probably win it. They're still going to be formidable. They're too coached. They're, they're a well-coached football team. They're a well-coached football team. They're a well-coached football team. And Kaepernick, he's got to prove some things. Can Colin Kaepernick, can, I mean, here's the thing. He got that deal, and I look at that deal, and I'm saying to myself, why did he agree to that deal, especially, especially, after what we saw, especially after the deals that Alex Smith got, Andy Dalton got, I mean, why would he agree to something like that? That did not make much sense. That did not make much sense at all to me. I thought he could have waited. I thought he could have took the Joe Flacco route and waited, see what happens, and take it from there. But he, he wanted to cash in now. And I thought he should have waited. I thought he should have waited. I really do. I thought he should have waited. He didn't wait. And he took the $13 million in guarantees. Should have waited. You could have got more. You could have got more. But with that being said, San Francisco is still going to be a formidable football team. They really are. They're still going to be a team. They're still going to be a tough football team to beat. Jim Harbaugh is a big time coach. So with that being said, they're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be a tough out. So I like the 49ers to get the wild card spot, but I like Seattle to win that division. St. Louis, they're a solid football team, but you're not going to win with Sean Hill as your quarterback. I mean that that's that's bottom line. You're not winning with Sean Hill as your quarterback. That's not going to happen. You're not winning with Sean Hill as your quarterback. It's, uh, that's bottom line, point blank. With Sean, with Sean Hill as your quarterback, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. So Sean Hill at the quarterback position is not getting it done. In Arizona, Carson Palmer is their quarterback, so they're not going to get it done. I'm not a Carson Palmer fan. I'm not. I'm not. And, you know, people can talk about Arizona. Well, Guess what? They went into Seattle and beat the Seahawks with Carson Palmer as the quarterback. But Carson Palmer on that day was absolutely awful. He was awful on that day. He wasn't the reason they won. They won in spite of him. They they won in spite of him. He wasn't the reason they won. He was awful in that football game. Four picks. He threw four picks in that game. Four. Four picks in that football game. That's not big time. That's four picks. So he threw four picks in that game. You know, they beat Seattle. Carson Palmer threw four picks in that game. So I look at that and I say, you know what? No matter if Arizona's defense is going to be good, but they're, losing, they're missing out on Darnell Dockett, and they're also missing out on Darrell Washington. Two solid, big-time players for your defense. 
two big-time players for your defense, and you're not going to have the services of those guys. You're not. So guess what? Arizona, with Carson Palmer, your quarterback, you're not going to the playoffs. But the two teams that won that came out of that division will come out of that division again. I like Seattle. I like San Francisco to come out of the NFC West. I look at the South. South is going to be interesting, but I like the Saints. I, I love the Saints. Obviously, getting Jarius Bird in the offseason to upgrade that, that safety position. I mean, you already had a fairly decent secondary, but you got a decent pass rush. You got a decent secondary. You got a decent defense. And what a difference uh, a year makes. I mean, the year before, they were an awful defense. Last year, they come back. Rob Ryan comes into the mix. He improves that defense. He makes that defense better. And, and that defense, to me, is still as formidable. Obviously, you have Drew Brees. Obviously, Drew Brees is still a big-time quarterback. He can still put up big-time numbers. I mean, Jarius Burt, I mean, the five seasons with Buffalo, 22 interceptions, 11 forced fumbles. That's a playmaker. That's a guy who's making plays and who has made plays. That's a playmaker, Jarius Burt. And he's made a lot of plays for the New Orleans, uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And New Orleans is counting on him to make a bunch of plays for them. And those are game-changing type of, you know, 22 picks, you know, 11 forced fumbles. I mean, that's a guy who's making plays in your secondary. Obviously, he's an upgrade for you. They had Malcolm Jenkins there a year ago. He's an upgrade over Malcolm Jenkins. He's an upgrade there. So New Orleans, <clears throat> I like them to win this division. One thing I guess you can question New Orleans, I mean, you're going to miss Darren. Darren Sproles is not there. He won't be there, but I think the offense is still formidable enough without him with Jimmy Graham in the mix. Obviously, Jimmy Graham has to come up bigger in, in big games. He's got to come up bigger in those bigger in, in, in those games. And, and hopefully, you know, you can get some decent play out of uh, Mark Ingram. Who had a you know not a bad playoff, that's had a decent playoff run against the Eagles, had a decent game against the Eagles. You know, Robinson, you know, Pierre Thomas. So you wanna you wanna hopefully get something out of that run game and you wanna you want Jimmy Graham to come up big in big games. In the playoffs, more specifically. That's what you want. But I look at this team, I look at uh this New Orleans Saints and I think this team is ready. And and I think again if if New Orleans if New Orleans if New Orleans can get home field advantage, they're tough to beat. They're tough to beat. And if they get home field advantage, look out. That's a guaranteed Super Bowl as far as I'm concerned. Them or the Seattle Seahawks, whoever gets home field advantage between those two teams is going to the Super Bowl. Bottom line, point blank. Bottom line, point blank. Home field advantage equals equals Super Bowl for New Orleans and or the Seattle Seahawks. No doubt about it. But New Orleans wins the NFC South. I look at Atlanta. I don't like their defense at all. I don't like their defense at all. Matt Ryan, you know, I love their their offense is solid. Obviously the playmakers, Julio Jones and, and, and Roddy White and Julio Jones, you know, he got hurt last season, so he missed a great big part of last season. But, uh, you know, and, and you wonder what the offensive line. Sam Baker, out. 
So you wonder what that offensive line is going to be. I, I got some questions when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. Will they be better than 4-12? and 12? Yes, they will. They will be better than 4-12, and 12, and their offensive line has to be better. Their offensive line struggled. They got to protect Matty Ice if they want to win, if they want to win. They'll be better than 4-12, and 12, but they will not. And let me repeat this, they will not get to the playoffs next season. The Carolina Panthers, I look at the Carolina Panthers, and I see change. Lots of changes on that offensive line. Change. The, the wide receivers changed. The wide receivers are changed. You know, Calvin Benjamin, he's got to come up big. He's got to come up big if, you know, if, if Carolina hopes to have success this season. He's got to come up big because Steve Smith is gone. Brandon LaFell is gone. I mean, your whole wide receiver crew from last season is gone. So now you got Jericho Cotchery. You got Jason Avant. You got Kelvin Benjamin. Those guys have to come up big, and you wonder if there's going to be, you know, chemistry issues. You wonder if there's going to be some chemistry issues with that ball club. Jordan Gross, retired, gone, you know. So, I mean, this, this offensive line is going to look, a diff, look different. This wide receiving core is going to look different. And one of the things about Carolina – it really wasn't their offense that took them to the playoffs. It was that defense. And obviously I believe that defense is still in position to duplicate what they did a year ago. They're still a solid defensive team. They're still a solid team. They still can get after the quarterback. Charles Johnson, Greg Hardy, those guys can still get after the quarterback. And you wonder what's going to happen to Greg Hardy in terms of a suspension if, in fact, you know, he did appeal, and we'll see what happens with his appeal. But we'll see what happens there. But this defense has to be big time. The defense has to be big if Carolina wants to be successful and have the type of success they had a year ago. The type of success they had a year ago, Cam Newton was good, but the defense was the reason they had the success that they had. And that defense was the reason they got as far as they did. I mean, they won the division, got a bye, had a playoff game, at home, and, you know, they, they were a big – that defense was the reason why. And you knew going up against San Francisco in that playoff game, you knew they just didn't have enough. They didn't have enough. So we'll see how the Carolina Panthers look. We'll see how it shakes out for the Panthers in 2014. But I think it's going to be a struggle. Tampa, we'll see what happens. I don't – you know, I, I got my questions about Josh McCown, you know, you know in Chicago – you had Alshon Jeffries. You had Brandon Marshall out there, you know, catching those balls, catching those passes. You don't have that. Vincent Jackson is good, but as a whole, you don't have that those that weaponry that you had with um, that you had in Chicago, Forte and Jeffries and Brandon Marshall. You don't have that. You don't have that. And you've had that a year ago. You don't have that this going into the season with Tampa Bay. So we'll see what McCown's going to be. We'll see what McCown's going to be. We'll see if he was a byproduct of what he had in Chicago. Well, maybe we'll see. Maybe he's legit. Maybe he's big time. Maybe he's one of those guys that's going to, near the end of his career, near the end of his career, the second half of his career, is going to be able to have 
uh, big time years. Maybe he's finally seen the light. Maybe his, his, he's done everything that he needs to do, and he's prepared. And may, maybe I don't know, but Logan Mankins helps up front. He definitely helps up front. But you don't have the same type of weapons that you had in Chicago. You don't. So it should be very interesting to see what happens with Tampa and, and, and McCown. But again, that's a team. I look. That's a, I think they're going to come up and come in last place in, in the division. So I think it's going to be New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. That's what's going to happen in that division with the New Orleans Saints winning that division. They're, they're just head and shoulders, I think, better than everybody else in that division on both sides of the ball. I mean, they're better. Let's go to the NFC North. Interesting division. Chicago obviously did big-time work on the offensive side of the ball last season. Big-time work. You know, Jeffries, and, and as we said, Jeffries and, and Brandon Marshall and Matt Forte. I mean, they got weapons here on the defense, offensive side of the ball. You look at Chicago. The key with the Chicago Bears What's going to be of that defense? You know, you get Lamar Houston, you get Jared Allen, and you hope that those guys are good enough to get to the passer. Houston, obviously, you know, and Jared Allen, these guys who've gotten after the quarterback in the past. Bears need them to get to the quarterback this season. Lance Briggs is back, and, and you know, he's going to be there. He's a guy, obviously, that you can count on. Ryan Mundy hopefully can help you in the secondary. We'll see. But the Chicago Bears, the key to the Bears, I think I think the offense is still going to be formidable. Mark Trestman's offense is still going to be formidable. The question becomes, how good is that defense going to be? And that defense, as we saw last season, was awful. They were awful last season. They were a bad defensive football team. And it wasn't like, you know, the Chicago Bears over the years, you know, you talk Bears, you talk defense. When it came to the Bears, it, it was down. To, it was about their defense. It was about their defense, and so <clears throat> that defense has to improve. If that defense does improve, and that offense picks up where it left off a year ago, Bears are going to be tough football, a tough football team, an interesting football team. They're going to be an interesting football team. But I think, I well, I think the Packers. I think the Packers are a team in the NFC North. I think I'm going to go, and, you know, I, I've been I, I, leading up to this and, and, you know, writing this stuff down. I'm conflicted here. I'm a little conflicted. But I think, I think, and I'm going to change on the fly here in some respect, I think the Chicago Bears do improve defensively. And I think that improvement helps the Chicago Bears to win the NFC North. I like the Bears to win the NFC North, folks. I think the Bears win the NFC North. I think defensively they become better. They become a better football team. And I think offensively they're still going to be solid. And I think offensively they're still going to put up those numbers. I mean, Jeffries and Brandon Marshall, you know, you're talking about maybe the best wide receiver duo in football. You know, those guys are long. Those guys are athletic. Those guys make plays. They made a lot of plays a year ago. Will the defense 
help, and I think they do. I like the Chicago Bears to win. I like the Chicago Bears to win the NFC North. I think the Bears win the NFC North next season, this season, I should say. Packers coming second. Minnesota will be last. And, and Detroit, I think, will be third. Bears win that division, folks. Let's go to the NFC East. Packers get the wild card out of the NFC North. San Francisco gets the other wild card spot. Let's go to the NFC East. And, and throughout the course of this offseason, I'm looking at ESPN the magazine right now. They got the Eagles won in the NFC East. Sports Illustrated's high on the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of people are high on the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of people are high on Chip Kelly and his system. And his, his system and that system's ability to be successful. That, that system that helped put up an amazing amount of uh, yards last season. That system that, you know, the Eagles were his second best offensive team in football a year ago. By the numbers, in terms of yards. And the reason, Nick Foles was big time, 27 touchdowns, only two interceptions, 27 and two. That's big time, 27 and two. That's a special, special season. That's a special season, 27 and two. Not many quarterbacks put up those kind of numbers and also, you know, not only put all the touchdown numbers, but, you know, the, the interception numbers. The interception numbers. And so this Eagle team averaged 400 yards a game. 400 yards a game a year ago. So they were big. They put up points, folks. I mean, they put up yards. They put up yards. Points, 442 points. They got a dunk. Average 27 points a game. So a lot of people are high on the Philadelphia Eagles. And I look at this Eagle football team. Defensively, they're still, in a lot of ways, the same football team. Their front seven is pretty much the same. And this was a defense that struggled. Philadelphia struggled defensively last season. Got a little better near the end there, end there but as a whole, that defense struggled. Struggled throughout the season. Had some troubles. Cost them games. Gave up 48 points to the Minnesota Vikings. Matt Castle in the Minnesota Vikings last season. 48 points. So this team has some struggles defensively. This Philadelphia team has had some struggles on the defensive side. But I look at this team. I look at this Eagle team. You know, offensively, obviously, you wonder, can they replace Deshaun Jackson? Can they replace 82, 13-82, and nine touchdowns? Can they replace that? Sixty of those catches were for first downs. So over 1,300 yards for Deshaun Jackson. Over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. Big playability. He's a home run hitter. He made plays. He made plays for the Philadelphia Eagles a year ago. So he's, he's now going off to Washington. So now you're counting on Jeremy Macklin, who missed last season with an ACL injury and had a scare in the preseason. Riley Cooper, 
who had some decent games last year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Many believe that was a byproduct of Deshaun Jackson and the attention that he got from defenses, defenses around the league. So I look at it. I look at the Philadelphia Eagles. I look at this team, and I know a lot of people are saying this is the favorite in the division. But I'm about to throw a little loop in this. I'm, I'm about to throw a little curve in this. You know who I think is going to win the NFC East? And you might be shocked. You might be shocked. You might be shocked. You probably will be shocked. Drum roll. The Dallas Cowboys. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys, I predict, will win the NFC East. And you say, what are you thinking? Have you seen that Dallas defense? I've seen that Dallas defense. Yes, I did. I've seen it. I know I've seen that Dallas defense. I've seen it all. I've seen it. I, I know what that defense, it's not very good. Wasn't very good last season, but either were the Eagles. Either was the, the Eagles defense wasn't that good last season. I don't know if you saw it, but they weren't that good last season. And you say, oh, well, the Philadelphia Eagles have better offense than Dallas Cowboys. Well, I look at the Philadelphia Eagles offense, and I'm looking at the Cowboys offense, and I'm just comparing the two. Well, the Eagles did average more yards, but in terms of points, well, the Eagles scored 442 points. Cowboys scored 439 points, so not too far behind. The Eagles averaged 27.6 points per game, while the Cowboys averaged 27.4 points per game. Pretty close, right? Pretty close, right? And so we can say what we want. We can say what we want, but I look at the two teams. If Tony Romo is healthy, and all indications are that he is. If he's healthy, I believe Tony Romo's the best quarterback in the NFC East. I believe he's better than Nick Foles. We only see Nick Foles do it once, one year. Twenty-seven and two is ultra impressive. Don't get me wrong. Twenty-seven and two is ultra impressive. Ultra impressive. But guess what? Guess what? His best offensive weapon, other than Lashawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson is wearing burgundy. He's wearing burgundy. He's wearing a different color. He's playing for the rival Washington Redskins. So he's gone. He's gone. Wide receiver on your roster is not there. So the Cowboys, offensively, you know, they've, they're the offensive line is solidified. Done a great job on the offensive line. Tyron Smith anchors that offensive line. And I've, it, it's been my contention that if Tony Romo was healthy, if Tony Romo was healthy in that final game against the Philadelphia Eagles week 17, if he was healthy, the Dallas Cowboys win the NFC East. That's my belief. That's my opinion. Well, you say, Paul, I, I, I get those offensive numbers. I get it. But what about the defense? Really? The only change that the Eagles made, the only change 
that the Eagles made, only change was in the safety position. That's it. Only change is in the safety position. That's it. That's it. Malcolm Jenkins is the only change they made. That's the only change that they made. Defensively, they're pretty much the same team. And you can argue Dallas, yes, Marcus Ware was, is gone, but he didn't have a great year. Sean Lee is out, and that's going to be hard to replace. But the Cowboys and the Eagles defensively, in a lot of ways, are fairly close in terms of yards, in terms of rankings. They're close. They're close. So the Eagles defense is not much better than the Cowboys defense. They're not. And so we are, we're all quick to say Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Philadelphia. We're all quick to talk about the Eagles in terms of winning the NFC East. We're all quick to say it. But are they? All right, will they really win it? Have they? Do they have the weapons? Can they replace Deshaun Jackson? I know they have Darren Sproles, but have they? do they have enough to replace Deshaun Jackson? Will Jeremy Macklin stay healthy? Can Riley Cooper duplicate what he did a year ago? Can Nick Foles duplicate what he did a year ago? And the Eagles, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, a lot of things worked in their favor. I mentioned Tony Romo missing the last game of the season. I mentioned... I mentioned, I didn't mention this, but I'm going to mention it now. When they played the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. Oh, by the way, their backup, Seneca Wallace, got hurt too. So Scott Tolzien was the quarterback. Scott Tolzien was the quarterback. Scott Tolzien is no Aaron Rodgers. So things Worked out for the Philadelphia Eagles. Things worked out for them. Oh, by the way, this Eagle team, only playoff team they beat was the Green Bay Packers. And as I mentioned, Aaron Rodgers was not there the time the Eagles played the Green Bay Packers. So I'm saying all this to say this. I know we want to say Chip Kelly is the next big thing. His offense was formidable. His offense was formidable. His offense put up numbers. His offense put up yards. His offense did all those things. It did. It was, it was, it was big time. But the Cowboys' offense wasn't too far behind. And the Cowboys... I believe if Tony Romo is healthy, he has the best quarterback in, in the division. The Cowboys, yes, they're not that great on defense, but I don't know how much Philadelphia, how much better Philadelphia actually is on defense than the Cowboys. So with that being said, I'd like the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East. Cowboys win the NFC East. Philly comes in second. Washington in third. And the Giants are in fourth place and come in last in the NFC East. The Giants bring up the rear in the NFC East.
That's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. And a lot of people might think I'm crazy. A lot of people might think I'm crazy and believing that the Cowboys will win the NFC East. But I, I, I see it. I see it. They'll do enough defensively, and I think they'll get a lot of I think they'll get a lot out of their offense. And I think their offense will carry them. And I think that'll be enough. And I think the Eagles are going to struggle. I think the Eagles will struggle. So it should be interesting to see what happens. It should be very interesting to see what happens. But I'd like the Cowboys to win the NFC East. You may think I'm crazy. I'm not. I'm normal. I like the Cowboys to win the NFC East. We'll see what happens. Should be interesting, but the Cowboys win the NFC East, but ultimately we'll see what happens. Should be interesting. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Walter Thurman of the New York Giants. You're you're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It. Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat, and the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that just doesn't mean it. anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw uh, you. you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. <laughs> We see what you can do. We seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's not Rocky. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Okay. Hey, what up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! And we're back. We're about to bring in another guy who's going to start the season with a new team. Walter Thurman signed with the New York Giants in this offseason. Came from the Seattle Seahawks. Won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks. Now... He is on the New York Giants, and we're going to bring him in now. Let's bring him in now, corner for the New York Giants, Walter Thurman. Walter. Uh, how's it going? How you doing? How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, Walter, let's get right down to it. You look at uh, this. Well, first of all, let's start with Seattle. Last night they unveiled the banner. Did you watch at all? Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't see the the unre- uh, revealing of the banner or anything, but I did catch the game. Okay. Okay. Now, just in general, well, you didn't see the banner, but I was going to ask you what were your thoughts as the banner did come down. Oh, I mean, you know, you, you just you think about about last season, you know, the accomplishment, you know, how far the team uh, came, you know, through the different adversity to be able to to be world champions, you know, and uh, it's a new year, it's a new season. Uh, being on a new team, you know, is uh, really just trying to strive to, to get back to that pinnacle and uh, to get a championship this year. Let me ask you this, and, and I know you're on the Giants, so I'll ask you one quick, quick, quick question, excuse me, about the Seahawks, another one. 
looking at that defense and what they did last season and, and how they stack up against the all-time defenses in the history of the game, how does that defense, your Seahawks defense from last season, stack up against the 85 Bears, against the 2000 Ravens? You know, I mean, we were the, uh, the last team to, to lead all statistical categories to be number one was the 85 Bears, you know, and, I mean, this is a testament to what Pete Carroll and Josh Snyder did with being able to bring that, uh, that defense together, and, and, and it was relatively a young defense at that, you know, uh, really being able to hone everyone's skills and be able to play at a high level, you know, and um, to just have that dominate attitude, you know, is a, a great situation, though, to be honest. Now, let's look at the Giants now. You guys went 5-0 and in the preseason, but offensively they had some struggles. Are you concerned about your team coming into the regular season? I'm not concerned at all. I mean, uh, people look at the offense as, as they, they struggle with this, this preseason. Um, they, they might not have been that flashy as far as scoring the big points, but, you know, they, they didn't really commit any turnovers on the offense side of the ball, you know. And that, that's one of the biggest things that we, uh, we talked about is really protecting the ball. It's all about the ball. And um, the defense getting the ball back for the offense to get more opportunities to score and the offense not giving the opponent any um, – any take any any turnovers, you know, and so I mean, I think they did a great job. They're still learning the the offense, um, and really trying to, to really find their groove and everything. And I think uh, each day of practice, they're getting better. And I think the, the more uh, game time experience to different opponents is just going to get them better in the long run. So no concerns at all, nothing. I no sorry, no no concerns at all, man. I mean. It, the number one thing is that we ran the ball very effectively this, this preseason, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to say we probably averaged about four to five yards a carry um, through all the running backs that, that, were, that were playing, you know. And, I mean, uh, you have to have a, a dominant running game in this league as well as being able to pass, you know, have, being able to run it, open up those passing lanes and everything like that. And um, we're, we're, we're growing, you know. There's a lot, of, a lot of new faces on this team. And um, it's not the same team as last year. Um, there's a lot of great players uh, on both sides of the ball. And we're, just, we're still continuing to mesh and grow. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a long season. And, well, we're really looking forward to this first game. Now, looking at you guys now and, and looking at you, you got a big matchup with Calvin Johnson. You talked about, and I heard you say that he has some weaknesses. What are his weaknesses, and can you exploit those weaknesses? You know, I mean, it was, just, it was just a situation that, I mean, uh, no, no one's perfect in life, you know. Um, For sure. You know, and, and, yeah, and, and what they do uh, with, the, with, the, with the Lions, you know, they really ex- exploit his, uh, his strength, for sure, you know, and that's why he's been uh, so, so successful uh, in, the, in the NFL. And he's, I mean, a great, tremendous player and um, a great competitor, most importantly, you know, and it's going to be uh, a great test for us in the secondary to see uh, where, we, where we match up um, in the race of other secondaries around this league, and uh, especially since they have so much depth at the receiver position. Now, last time a team said some things about Calvin Johnson, he had a big-time performance. The Cowboys said some things, and he had a big-time performance. Will that happen this time? I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not thinking about uh, what he's, uh, he's going to be able to do this game. You know, we're going out there. Uh, they have to worry about us on defense, you know. I mean, we're going to come out there with a different co- couple of coverages and stuff like that. But I mean, we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to shy away from the situation, you know. I and mean, we have to go out there and play football at the end of the day. And um, it's going to be a great challenge, and it's going to be a great test for us uh, to see uh, 
uh, what we're capable of this year as a defense. We're talking to New York Giants corner Walter Thurman. And Walter, during the preseason, a lot of illegal contact penalties were called. And many people believe it's because of your 2013 Seahawks. But have you adjusted to, these, uh, to the new rules, to the new interpretation of the rule? I mean, um, uh, most definitely. You know, I, mean, I think it was a situation that there was a new rule. They were uh, being a little bit extra as far as calling those penalties uh, to, to really show teams and make an emphasis to get that off the game. Um, as the preseason went on, those flags started to, to go away. And uh, obviously, when you seen the game last night, uh, there right. were only a, a, there were only a handful of those penalties that were called. You know, some of them were, were pretty blatant, you know, but there was still some uh, some touching going on down the field that they didn't call and stuff like that. You know, I think it was just a situation that they really just went over emphasized during the preseason, and they're gonna uh, ease up as the season goes on. Now let's go back to the Lions. Now we know that they can score points. Calvin Johnson, we talked about Reggie Bush, Matthew Stafford. When you look at this team, what do you feel like you guys need to do as a defense to slow them down? Uh, stop the run, uh, most importantly, you know. I mean, that's the number one thing that, that we have as a, as a goal on the, on the defensive side of the ball is to be able to stop the run uh, and try to and make them one-dimensional, you know. Um, it's really going to be come down to being attention to detail, um, having tight coverage, and being able to, to pressure Matt Stafford and, and rattle him. Uh, in the pocket back there. For sure, and, and uh, hopefully you guys can do that. We're talking to Eagles, excuse me, not Eagles, Giants corner Walter Thurman, and I was about to talk about the Eagles. I, I'm looking at the NFC East, and, and, and everywhere I look, the Philadelphia Eagles are the team. You know Chip Kelly. You played under Chip Kelly in Oregon. Everybody is talking about the Eagles in the NFC East. As a whole, not only the Eagles, but everybody else in the NFC East, how do you feel like you, your Giants stack up against the teams in the NFC East? Uh, I think we're in the top next line. You know, I mean, everyone everyone's going based off of last year and success that they had, and being able to go into the playoffs, and you know, um, the Giants going seven and nine and stuff like that. So I mean, all that stuff is overshadowed to uh, what type of team that we have uh, here in New York. You know, and I mean, we, we know what we're capable of and what type of team that we do have here. And you know, I mean, it's going to be one of those situations where. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're on the radar right now, you know, and I mean that's not a, a right. bad situation, not a bad situation to have, though, you know, because a lot of teams are gonna underestimate us, and they're gonna get caught up in what the the media and everyone else says of how how bad and how not how bad the offense is or how bad the defense is or whatever the case may be, and everything talking about from from last from last year pretty much, though, you know, I mean, we're, we know we're capable of, and you know, it's a situation where you can only you to take it one day at a time, you can't get caught up in everything else that's being said uh, on the outside, you know. For sure. And, and, and I look at your team and, and the, your team from last season, the Seahawks. You won a Super Bowl, so you know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. You know what a Super Bowl-caliber team looks like. Do the Giants look like a Super Bowl-caliber team to you? I think so. I mean, especially with, with they, the, the new additions on the defense side of the ball, um, in that linebacker room, in the secondary, and off the course off of the defensive line and stuff like that, you know. Um, it's the defense wins championships, though, so, and I think we have a, a great defense here, and we have to go out there and show each other while we're out there. For sure, and we'll see what happens as the season gets started Monday night against the Detroit Lions. I want to ask you this. You grew up in Los Angeles. You went to school in Oregon. You played in Seattle. So you are a West Coast guy through and through. How do yeah. you like the East Coast? Uh, I love it out here. It's great energy. You know, it's a lot of opportunity, and um, it's just a lot of culture out here. For sure. So you're adjusting well. I mean, the weather's going to get a little different. 
than what you're used yeah, to? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of used to it from being out of Seattle. I mean, Seattle gets right. cold, you know. Goes. I mean, we go through all the seasons as well. So I mean, I think I'll be fine from that from that standpoint. We're talking to Giants corner Walter Thurman and Walter. You got a little Tyler Perry in you now. You're making movies, man. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had a situation where um, I've had some injuries uh, during my professional and. Uh, my last year in college and stuff like that to where I started thinking about uh, just life after foot, football and just wanted to figure out where my interests are. And um, I've always had an interest in film, and I took it upon myself to, uh, to educate myself in the film aspect of producing and directing and stuff like that. And uh, I've been fortunate to be able to um, do some projects uh, in the, during the off season and stuff like that. And I've been able to talk with, with our owner, Steve Tish, about film and stuff like that. So I mean, he would be a, a great um, asset and a mentor as far as uh, helping me through my career as, in film as well. And also during the summer, you started your foundation, the Walter Thurman Foundation. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's, it's geared for arts education, you know. I mean, uh, the, you know, the youth and the kids are the, are the future and really want to help them maximize their potential regardless of their situation, um, that they can do and achieve anything they want to in life, you know. And it's not just for just domestically here in the country, but we're, uh, we want to attack it globally for every for everybody out there in the world. For sure. And, and you're doing big things in the community right now, and the Walter Thurman Foundation is doing that. Fans, make sure you go to the website, WalterThurmanFoundation.org, and also go to his personal website, WalterThurman3.com, and support all the great things going on with Walter Thurman. Also, make sure you hit him up on Twitter at WalterThurman. Three and support all the great things going on with Walter Thurman. I mean, do you see yourself when your career ends in terms of the movies? Do you, do you see that being a part of you know a big part of what you do when you retire? Uh, most definitely, most definitely. I mean, like I was saying, it's, a, it's another it's another passion along with football, and it's just the ability to be able to tell uh, some good stories. You know. Okay, you're a filmmaker. So what will be the story of the 2014 New York Giants? The 2014 New York Giants, you know, is to go out there and compete to the highest of our ability and uh, to win games and, and bring home a, a world championship. Okay. All right. That, that would be a beautiful movie for you, man, back-to-back. Back. That would be good times for you. Where's that Super Bowl ring? Uh, I got I to put up pretty face. <laughs> Okay, so it's not coming out anytime soon. Uh, I mean, it comes out for uh, different uh, occasions and events and stuff like that, so I do I do wear it out. Okay, all right. So fans, again, support all the great things going on with Walter Thurman. Walter, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Uh, most definitely. Thank you. I appreciate everything. Take care. Uh, you too. You have a good one. All right. Walter Thurman corner for the New York Giants. I want to thank uh, Walter Thurman for the New York Giants for stopping by. Make sure you hit him up on Twitter at WalkTherm3. Also, also want to thank Jerron Johnson of the Seattle Seahawks. Make sure you hit him up on Twitter at just underscore show off and support all the great things going on with Jerron Johnson. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Let me give you the Super Bowl pick. It's going to be the Patriots and the Saints, Patriots and Tom Brady. Tom Brady wins his fourth championship ring. So, again, listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash Follow us on Twitter at go for again 
Also, also, also hit, you up, hit us up on YouTube, youtube.com slash user slash go for game. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you enjoy this weekend in football. See you later. Take care. <laughs>